writing emails that sell on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Digit. Save money without thinking about it. Get paid $5 just for signing up at servenomaster.com backslash digit today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. We've talked extensively about how important it is to capture email addresses, how email addresses are one of the main assets. But I want to share with you some of the material that I'll eventually release in email extravaganza, but I don't want to make you wait for that. I want to give you some really critical and powerful techniques you can use right now to start making money from your actual email list. And it starts with having the right mindset. If you email your list from the wrong mindset, you can have some really great success for the short term, but eventually your list will burn out or die. And I don't want that to happen for you. I want your email list to be an actual business, an actual asset. So you want to start with the mindset of the email address is our precious resource. When you get into the affiliate and JV marketing game, you'll constantly get requests from people to promote their offers. I recently got a request from someone to promote a very big piece of software and I'm still testing it. The training videos for the course and for the product itself are like 10 hours. It's so much work just to see if the product works. And I was going through it all weekend and that's the mindset you want to have is that you don't promote something, you don't recommend something to your list until you've actually experienced it. When you treat email lists like gold, when you think of that way, it will keep you from promoting bad offers. It will keep you from emailing from the wrong mindset. It will keep you from feeling like a mercenary. It's very tempting to go, oh, I need some money this week, so I'm going to email an offer I don't believe in. And in the short term, that's great. But in the long term, those people will start to lose their faith in you. The other danger is that you will just be on the uh, JV promotion, you know, the promotion circle where you promote someone's offer. You can end up in this cycle where you promote everyone in your market's offer. And this used to happen when I was in the relationship space. Everyone would promote one product, product A. The next month, everyone would promote product B. And what happens is you have 12 people that all have the exact same people on their email lists. So then you're competing with people that you've already recommended. So if I recommend my friend Joe and you get an email from me and Joe, well, I've already said Joe is good. How am I going to compete with someone I've already recommended? You end up in this trap where you're recommending someone but also competing with them over and over and over again. And so all of the lists eventually normalize and they all lose a lot of their value. For this reason, you have to constantly create new products so that you can get everyone to promote you with their newest list members. And you have to constantly fight to get new people on your list. Otherwise, you have to constantly buy traffic. You have to constantly do everything else. And in this niche, it can be very, very hard. I happen to know someone who buys a lot of traffic and does a lot in this space. Still, it takes him 77 days to make back his ad spend. Nearly three months after each new person joins his mailing list, he's in the red for that one person. That's a really, really, really long time. Now, of course, he eventually gets very, very profitable. But the problem is when you're promoting other people's offers all the time, you're constantly decreasing the overall value of your list. Mathematically, let's say that each person on your list, when you first get a new person, is worth a dollar a month. They'll spend a dollar a month with you on average. When that person is on 10 lists, now they're only spending 10 cents a month with you. You've sold 90% of your value. This is why I don't promote uh, competitors anymore. I don't promote similar products. There are tons of products out there about how to do well on Amazon and how to do other cool things. And I just don't promote those because it dilutes my list. 
and it decreases the power of my message. I don't want people listening to 20 other things. I want people only listening to my message. That's the reason I put out so many podcast episodes. That's the reason I'm constantly writing new blog posts. That's the reason I put out new books every two months when I can. I'm just finishing my next book, my third book for Amazon in this in the Serve No Master series. And I'm really hoping that I can release it on time, but I'm not sure if I'm going to make it because it just, the editing process was a lot slower than I expected. I made a mistake there as far as times, but I really, really want to get it out on time. Worst case scenario, it'll be out a month late. Content's done. It's the rest around it. It's the editing part. And we'll see. I'm working with someone now to get it edited very quickly, but you just can't predict, will I be able to finish it in such a short amount of time? I don't know. I'll let you know when it's out, of course. But creating lots and lots of content is my answer to people wanting to promote lots and lots of offers. So when you're tempted to promote something you don't believe in, instead focus on creating stuff and creating your own products for your audience. This will allow you to make a profit without burning your list, without diluting the value of that list. Another danger is using swipe files. Now, when someone has a launch, They'll say, here's five emails that work really, really well in my testing. And you're tempted to take one of those emails, copy and paste it, and mail it out. The problem is that some of the other people in the same space will do the same thing. And I used to do this occasionally. When, you, when you're just promoting offers every single day, you don't always have time to write a new email, a new email, a new email. So you'll just take someone else's email they said works. So someone gets five emails recommending the same product from five different people, but it's the same content. When a customer sees that, they immediately realize, oh, you don't care about me because you're sending the same email as everyone else. And it could really, really hurt your relationship. You don't want that to happen to you. It's brutal, but it's reality. It happens and it's very, very unfortunate. It's a classic marketing mistake when you get caught up in the rush and you think, oh, I just wanna write an email that converts, not an email that comes from the heart. So these mindsets, the mindset of, I'm gonna really only promote things I believe in and be careful about what I promote and I'm really gonna focus on the long-term value of my relationship. These are what are gonna help you begin to build a real profitable list. See, if you have a churn and burn list, you need about five to 10,000 people on it. But if you have a tribe style list and a relationship, one to 2,000 people, and you can be very, very, very successful. So you don't need as many people because each of those people is spending a lot of money online, but they're spending it through different affiliates. They're splitting it through 10 affiliates. That's why you don't want to dilute your list. Keep your list as pristine as you can. When you want to write an email that converts, when you're developing the email relationship, start by sending three to four relationship emails, whether someone is joining one of my lists or getting a free gift or whether they're buying a product, the first three to four emails are all about consumption and building relationships. So email one is here's your gift or here's your product, here's your login details. If you have any problem, here's the support email address, that kind of information that everyone needs to really establish the relationship and say, hey, here's where the email is important. You can also include a explanation of how to have someone whitelist your email to make sure they actually receive the emails that you send. I usually include like a link to that in my PS. I have a page on my website, servermaster.com backslash whitelist, which walks you through how to whitelist on most places. I found another website that had a whitelist explanation, and then I made a very similar version of my own. I said, oh, here's how you do it for this, 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 and all the different email providers. Not very many people will ever go there for doing it, maybe 1%, but it's worth having it there simply as a single link at the bottom of your first email. Emails two through three, two, three, four, they're all about consumption. Most people who buy a book from you or download one of your free gifts, they'll look at it for a few seconds and then forget about it by the next day. People get caught up by the next shiny thing. 
So you want to use our emails as a chance to remind them, no, what I sent you was really valuable. You should use it. Here's what you should look at next. Look at this, look at that, look at this, look at that. And I try to focus on three different aspects or three different values. So what are the three benefits? For example, I have my new networking course. Maybe the first email will be about uh, connecting with people when you have to go to events. Maybe the second one will be about how to ask for a raise or how to become popular or make friends when you move to a new city. So I'll use a couple of different angles so that people see different value. And instead of just mentioning the same part of the thing, I'll say, oh, in video two, I talk a lot about this. In video four, I talk about this. In video seven. So people can see the different values. If you've read Serve No Master or Breaking Orbit, you get a bunch of emails that kind of mention some of my favorite chapters and some of the key points that I think are very, very valuable. The reason you do that is to get people to see how good your content actually is. If you buy a product from me, that's nice. If you actually go through the product, that's really wonderful. That's what I want. So our first three emails in any sequence are really about getting people to experience your content, to see how good it is. After that, we have a relationship building content. We can have emails that are designed to get people to form a relationship with you. So you send them to podcast episodes, you send them to blog posts, you send them to your video explaining what you believe in. These emails are about solidifying your relationship and opening lines of communication. I tend to send those emails more if it's someone who took a free gift or if it's someone who bought one of my books on Amazon. So they didn't buy something directly from me because some of my buyers on Amazon didn't even buy the book. They took it through Kindle Unlimited. They pay that. They pay the $9.99 a month for all you can read and they took my book that way and grabbed their free gift. So they're not actually a customer. Not everyone who reads Serve No Masters actually sent money from them to me. I do get paid for those reads, but because there's a proxy in between, they don't really feel to themselves like they bought something from me. And that's okay. So at that early phase of relationship, we're building trust and we're building rapport. So we want them to consume. And then we want them to see we have other lines of communication. I want to turn every single person who buys one of my products into a podcast listener and into a blog post reader. I want to increase my levels of communication. I don't want people going to 10 other gurus. I want people to only follow my path so they don't get distracted. Even though other people have great messages, if you're following three or four different people, you'll start to mingle messages or mingle techniques and it can affect your results. I don't want that to happen. And I'd much rather us have a long-term relationship. The second phase is a promotion. So when you're sending out a promotion for one of your products, and you can even be an affiliate product, you want to have a, a sequence. And you start off by saying, oh, here's a really great offer. Here's what's so wonderful about it. Then in your second email and next email, you want to explain something different. So I always try to focus on a different benefit. Again, we want to show different angles of why something's really, really valuable. During your uh, promotion sequence, it could be three or four days where you're promoting an offer. You start off by saying, oh, here's a really great offer. It's coming up. It's only for a short time. You always want to put some type of time limit on it. So if you're promoting something as an affiliate, you always want to create a bonus and say, hey, here's a bonus for anyone who takes action in the next four days. It's a very tight time limit because we're going to send four emails. The second day you send out an email uh, that says, hey, I noticed you didn't take action. Why didn't you take action? Send me some answers. You can send that email. The next day you then send out an email with all the questions people asked and your answers to them. So it's kind of a frequently asked questions email. You can also mix in another style of email that I use is a testimonials email where Anyone who's bought the product, if it's my own product, I use their testimonials. And if it's a product I'm promoting as an affiliate, I can grab some of the best testimonials off their sales page and say, in case you just think it's only just my opinion, here's what other people have to say about the product. So you're using other sales elements within your message. You're including the sales, overcoming objections, which is what the frequently asked questions thing does. You're providing social proof. 
and proof that the product actually works by bringing in testimonials. It's very tempting to just send really cool emails to force the click. And you can do that with email one or two. The first one or two emails are just about getting someone to click and go see that sales video or sales page. But after that, you want to provide additional reasons for them to purchase. They've already seen the offer or they've already seen your click email and haven't responded to it. So you want to show them a little bit more of a connection. Now, after three or four emails in one of my sequences, I, I then want to find out what went wrong. So I'll say, oh, I know you shouldn't buy it. Can you tell me why you didn't buy it? Or was I sending the wrong message? I have people that on my list and people that follow me have no interest in writing books on Amazon or becoming authors. That's a large percentage of my following, but that's not all of my following. And I want to make sure that someone has no interest in books, doesn't get emailed about that. This is when I start doing some really intricate sequencing within ConvertKit to make sure people only get emails that they're interested in. So I move people to different sequences, not just for maximum profit. That's part of it. Most of my sequences are very heavy with content. They're actually more content than they probably should be, but I'm all about giving as much value as possible. So sometimes instead of eight emails, or I'll send 17 and it's just all content before I try and sell anything because I'm really more about establishing the relationship and kind of getting people to engage over and over again. When you ask people, what didn't you like or why didn't you like the offer, you'll find out some really key answers. Sometimes that answer is something you can do nothing about. They'll say, oh, I simply can't afford the offer. That's fine. I don't try to sell people things they can't afford. I'm not really big on people extending themselves or using credit cards or being in a situation where they're stuck with something that they can't afford. I hate that. That's not something I like to do to people. So if someone says that, that's not an objection I'm trying to overcome. I go, I completely understand when you can afford it, just let me know. Let's just focus on when you can handle something. Here's some cheaper content or free content you can enjoy until you make enough money to cover that. That's the whole reason I've designed and I'm constantly improving my how to make your first $1,000 online information. I recently wrote a blog post I'm very proud of that kind of walks you through all the different places you can get hired to write online that will pay you tomorrow. And the whole spectrum of what they pay, whether you're a beginner or whether you're more advanced, how you can get paid anywhere from $35 for your first blog post up to 800. Anybody who doesn't have enough money online to buy one of my courses, I send them directly to that information. So I go, oh, you're not, you need phase one money. Let me get you to that. Let me get you that first line of income so you can then use that income to fund your growth. That's absolutely critical. And that's very important to me. Other objections you'll hear is, oh, I'm not interested in this topic at all. And at the end of your sequence, you then want to offer people an option. That's why you say, okay, Here's some other things I'm thinking about writing about. What do you find most interesting? Do you want me to write about podcasting? Do you want to hear about email marketing? Do you want to hear about networking? And people will click on whichever answer they like. And in any autoresponder you use, ConvertKit does it, all the other ones do it as well. People can say, oh no, I'm only interested in this topic. And when they click the link, it moves them to another sequence or another set of emails. So you can write all these emails in advance and they're coming out as an autoresponder rather than than as broadcasts. And so when someone says, oh, I'm only interested in email marketing, they get moved to the email marketing campaign and they get to talk and they get to see a series of content emails that fit what they want to hear about. Creating a sequence like this will allow you to connect with your audience and kind of send messages that don't cross over each other or that don't annoy people. Most of the problem with email are negative mistakes, doing something wrong rather than not doing something right. When you're emailing and trying to make a living from your list, consistency and rapport are really the keys to profitability. So consistency means deciding how often you're going to email and emailing all the time. Always emailing whatever your frequency is. If you decide on twice a day, email twice a day. If you decide on once a week, always email once a week. When people learn to expect your email, then they'll open it. When you break that expectation, they'll start to lose interest. You'll start to break the relationship. The next element is really thinking about your content. A lot of people get excited. Every single email provider does this, and I don't know why. 
they go, oh, look at all these amazing newsletter templates. And they look awesome. But you know what they really look like? I've thought about this for a while. If you have any of those relatives, and most people do that every holiday season, rather than sending a greeting card, they send a newsletter. And I don't know anyone that ever wants to read these newsletters, you know? I've never, I mean, I've only ever seen them as a kid. I haven't seen any as an adult. My family used to get a lot of them though when I was a kid. And I was like, who wants to hear about this? But maybe now I would actually be interested in a newsletter from a few people. But their problem with this newsletter style is that it's so impersonal. Here's a message we're sending to everyone. It makes you feel very distant. A perfect example of this is Amazon. No one ever feels warm and fuzzy from an email on Amazon. The only reason you open an email from Amazon is if something's on sale that you're interested in. So that style of marketing works when you have millions of products and people are interested in something very mechanical, which is saving money. If you send an email from Amazon and it's, if Amazon sends an email to someone and it's about products that that person doesn't buy, there's not a chance in a million that they'll ever open it. People don't open it unless they want the product. So the fact that emails from Amazon doesn't really matter. People don't respond to it because it's just a big corporation and who cares? You don't want to create that appearance because you don't have a wide range of products. What you want to do is seem like a person and be like a person. So instead of writing to a million people, you want to write one-to-one. How would you write an email if you were telling your friend Jeff about something you think he should buy? How would you write your friend email if you wanted him to look at a blog post? So yes, we can use copywriting and sales techniques, but we want our mindset to be one-to-one. I'm writing an email to one person, not I'm writing an email to 5,000 people. This is why in a lot of Uh, my marketing training, I talk about creating an avatar, which is creating that specific person that's your audience. And you can find that person, you know, from sending out surveys or just studying your list or however you're, you know, who you're following is. And you want every message you write to be that one to that one specific person. It's much easier to write an email to one person than try to write an email to a thousand or 10,000. When you're structuring your sales email, of course, there's a few key mechanical elements. You have to have the subject line and you want to write subject lines that get opened a lot. There's a lot of science about that. And then you want to really explain why you're emailing them, why this offer is so sweet. Oh, I just saw this amazing product. It's so cool. Or I was working on editing and I realized I make all these mistakes. And then I started testing Grammarly and it's amazing. You can check out Grammarly here. And so you have your early link after your first sentence or second sentence. Then you go into some explanation. You can have some bullet points about the three best features of the product or the three reasons you think it might be really beneficial to them. And we always want to write about benefits. When you're trying to write a benefit and it's most people who don't know copywriting or just starting out, they write features. Instead of writing about how it helps the person, you just write about what the thing can do. So for example, let's say we're doing Grammarly. It's one of my favorite things to promote because I use it all the time. I'm a big fan of software. You can say, oh, Grammarly is so awesome. It will automatically check for plagiarism. Okay. That's not a benefit. That's a feature. That's something the thing does, not how it helps the person. So how do we turn it into a benefit? We simply sort ourselves, so what? It checks for plagiarism, so what? So it can make sure you don't accidentally steal someone else's content. So what? Well, if you get caught stealing stuff, you can get sued. So what? Well, if you get caught stealing stuff by Amazon, you can get banned. So what? So if you get banned from Amazon, you lose your business. Oh, so now you can say the amazing spell checker will protect you from getting your account shut down by Amazon and going out of business by making sure nothing you put up is stolen without you knowing about it. That now, see, that is much more compelling. Another feature of Grammarly is that it can edit large documents at a time without you being in the room. So you upload up to, I think, 65 pages. Now they're always extending how much it can do. You say, oh, you can upload a 65-page Word document, leave it open, leave the room, and it will scan it without you being there. So what? 
you don't have to sit there manually waiting for it to operate. So what? You can have a little more free time or let it run in the background. So what? You can use your time more efficiently or spend time with your kids. See how we're building towards finding what the real value is. And you simply say, so what? Now, my other friend, he, another copywriter I work with says, which means? So he goes, oh, it, another, let's go through another feature and try it with which means instead of so what. So another feature, Grammarly, is that it recommends better words when it thinks you're being boring. Oh, it recommends better words, which means it lets you know if you're using the same word over and over again, which means it helps you find better words and makes your writing more interesting, which means people will enjoy your writing, which means people will think you're a better writer. So we can then say Grammarly has an amazing feature that it recommends better words, ensuring that your audience sees you as a genius. See how that's exciting? And so instead of it saying, oh, has a cool word recommender, now what we hear is, makes you look like a genius. I actually, every time I edit with Grammarly, it makes me look so much smarter than I am. It recommends some really cool words. And I, I love that about it. I absolutely love that feature because it definitely improves the quality of my reading, my writing, my reading as well. This is how you can write your emails as well. When you're writing an email about something and you want to talk about what's compelling. People don't respond to features very much unless it's a particular feature they're already looking for. What people respond to is the benefits and benefits are things like live longer, spend more time with your kids, feel better, more energy, not tired anymore. Some benefits can be anti-negative. So some benefits are live longer and an anti-benefit or a, you know, a not, that's a positive benefit and a negative benefit is don't die younger. So sometimes we are moving towards a positive and sometimes we're moving towards a negative. As you begin to write your emails, the important thing is to just do it. It's better to have a lot of emails in your sequence and written than to have some really perfect emails you don't send to anyone. I'm absolutely guilty of this, okay? I am absolutely guilty of half writing or half completing loads of emails that I've never loaded into my autoresponders. And I'm constantly working on this and constantly trying to create new emails. And I definitely don't have nearly enough emails in my sequences. It's one of the biggest areas I don't spend enough time on. I write a lot of emails, but I just am not as passionate about it. And I have an email writer that works for me for that very reason to fill in that gap. But even though I have an email writer, I read and edit every single email. They start off with my idea. She turns my idea into a letter. And then I go back and I rewrite and do the final write. So still, it's completely my voice in every single email that goes out. It's very important to, as you go through this process, to really take the time to master the craft of writing emails by doing it. Just send out lots and lots of emails. To get more advanced, you can begin to send out tests and split test different subject lines and test all these different elements. But before you get caught up in that, one of my friends is always trying to get me to do that. And one thing I know is that it can really slow you down. If you then decide you need to run tests all the time, as much as he's, he's even worse than me, he has a much bigger mailing list and he never emails them because he's always trying to set up tests. So anything that slows down your efficiency or slows down your process is something that you want to just put on the back burner. Eventually, I'll add more and more and more testing to different elements of my business. But for now, my real focus, my primary focus is on loading up all of those emails. Once you have loads and loads of emails there, you get lots and lots of data and you can form a much stronger relationship with your audience. Additionally, make sure, that's one final tip, that you send from a real email address. If you're from email address and all of your marketing emails is an email address that you don't check or that you didn't ever actually make, you'll discover that your audience disappears. The emails will start getting sent to a spam folder and you'll miss a lot of great communication. One of the greatest things about my business is that people email me directly. I love getting those emails directly and I spend more time emailing people back that email the podcast or that email me through the blog than anything else because that's very important to me. 
And that's where you get the really, really good information. Oh, I love this, but this is what was missing. That's where you can find out what was missing from your marketing message by allowing people to respond to you. Because every once in a while, you'll send out a broken link and you're not going to find out until someone tells you. So you actually really, really need your audience to be able to reach you. These are some of the key steps you can use to write emails that sell. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Join me on my Facebook page at facebook.com backslash serve no master.